0: The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print 21, the people who know print. Welcome, folks, to The Print Files, the podcast from Print 21. My name's Grant McCarran, and as ever, I'm joined by Wayne Robinson, the editor of Print 21 and the host of this show. Wayne, over to you. Thanks, Grant, and good day, everyone, and welcome to the next episode on the print Printfile series, Leading in Print, where we talk to the people leading progressive print businesses to understand what makes them tick, how they make the decisions they do, how they carry the weight of responsibility, and navigate the business through a changing business landscape, hopefully providing insight and inspiration for print business owners and managers around the country. This week, it's a real pleasure to welcome Wayne Finkeldi to the podcast, CEO of AAB Holdings, which in its portfolio has Pegasus Print, SOS Print and Media, FM Supply, f Supplies and AB Warehousing and Logistics. Wayne has been CEO for the past two decades and a print leader for 30 years. He has led the AAB Group through a period of immense change. It's one of the leading A1 print houses in New South Wales and now in many other areas as well. The business operates 24 hours a day, six days a week. It has 275 staff. It's a very diverse group covering offset, digital, label printing and print management with two and a half thousand customers and two thousand SKUs. It has 20,000 square meters of warehousing and in the logistics business. And through its four offices in China, it sources many products for its F&M supplies business with a wide range of promotional clothing, toiletries, warehousing products, and just about anything you are looking for is available through that division. Wayne, thanks for taking the time for The Print Files, and welcome. No problem. Great to be here, Wayne. Um, Wayne, you're coming up for 30 years in print leadership. Um, Looking at your early days, what made you seek a career in print?
1: Was it straight from school? Uh, Yes, it was, and a very interesting start to my career, really. Uh, I'm a third-generation in in the printing industry, my my father owned a company in Sydney, and his his father was a linotype operator. So I, I started my career uh, by default, really, with my father. I'm not sure he pushed me into it, um, but he he owned the business along with another partner. And uh, back in those days, it was in the hand and machine composing type area, being a compositor. So I actually did my apprenticeship as a compositor. Um, and through that, I finished that after a, a four-year apprenticeship in those days, and then uh, I went on and did some leadership courses, and then I went on and did a management course for three years. So um, I'd, I'd sort of done quite a lot of training and education in the in the early days. So I think I, by the time I was about twenty-three or twenty-four, I'd I'd spent four years for a trade course and another four years in in management courses. Uh, and and over the years, I've sort of followed up some of those courses, and 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 had other educational type processes being undertaken by myself, and uh, and and that that's the way I, I sort of grew into the business. So I, I worked for my father, which was. Um, for, for many people who's worked for their father that there's good and bad in that um you, know, you need to, every, everyone who's worked for their parent um, understands that uh, you tend to be the whipping boy when things are going bad uh and and you know when things are going good you don't enjoy the benefits <laughs> so um <you laughs> know, <in> <laughs> it, yeah so you know but but look over the years it's been quite good and um and I've, I've managed to work for a lot of different people over the years. So, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been fairly lucky in that process. So education was obviously important to you.
0: You started off, as you say, as a trade apprentice, but went on and pretty much straight away did management courses as well. Was that always the intention or did you see the opportunity there?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, it was always the intention. I, um, I, again, I was in, in being a compositor in the hand and machine composing type area. Uh, we were... You know, at that stage we were we were sort of moving into the electronic age. Um, and I, I sort of had a desire to move into management and move into other areas of the business. And uh, my my brother and I, my brother didn't didn't work in the business, but we decided to both um, undertake some management courses and so forth. So uh, he was working in the banking sector and and I was in the printing sector. so we said, let's do these management courses together. So we spent the next four years. Doing doing the courses and um, and fairly fortunate we were single at that those days so we weren't too preoccupied apart from some golf on the weekend and a few other things you know that, that young people get up to um, but we managed to, to get through those courses and look they were quite uh, you know time consuming doing management courses three three nights a week and. You know, education back on Saturday, there was no Google in those days, you know, googling things and cut and paste and all that sort of stuff. It was back to the real hard days of you know reading books and 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 writing up things and those sorts of things. so So you
0: were working during the you were working during the day and then doing management course at night school and weekends. Exactly right.
1: So um yeah, so it was fairly a, a tough four years of doing doing that. Um, Like like I said, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was enjoyable. Um, I learned a lot. And and the interesting thing, Wayne, is that, you know, the things that I learned back in those days, apart from many, many people that I've worked with over the years, um, the foundations are still much the same. You know, we did, you know, that management course was typical in sales and marketing and finance and law. All those things, you know, they're, they're still applicable to, to to what you need today in a management position, and and people either learn them through uh, you know just day to day sort of education over over the time, um, but learning them in my early twenties was probably a pretty good uh, you know put me in pretty good stead for the future. Yeah, because you weren't you weren't you weren't learning them through the school of hard knocks as you went along. You actually, you, you knew what to expect. You know, and and those sort of things. Um, sure, you get educated in many different ways uh, through the people you work with uh, over the years, but it, also it gives you a good understanding of, um, you know, whether someone can pull the wool over your eyes. You, you know, because you do two two years of accounting doesn't mean you're going to be an accountant, but it certainly gives you a good grounding to understand that. Uh, that's not exactly true. What that person's telling me, <laughs> <You know? laughs> I can add two and two and come up with four. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so there's those sorts of things that you learn along the way.
0: All right, and then how did your career progress from there once you'd finished your management courses?
1: Uh, look, I, um, I I moved to Melbourne for a couple of years within the same business, uh, and then I then I moved back, and my father and his partner decided to sell the business to the Hannon Group. In those days, um, and then I then I relocated over into the Hannon group of companies, um, and I was there for ten years, and and then I moved into the smaller end of town, as in Pink Panther, um, which was very interesting, and uh, and then I I moved away from Pink Panther into AAB. So over the years, I've worked at the big end of town, and I've worked in it uh, in in terms of printing production type capabilities. And also very, very small, which was a great insight, again, moving from Hannans into Pink Panther, a digital company that was in its infancy of digital introduction, really, into our industry. So, it was a fantastic uh, stepping stone for me. And again, you know, what I learned in those early days of digital still applies today. You know, the machines are much faster. You know, the quality is much better. But at the end of the day, the principles are much the same. You know, so um, as I say, you know, we're just putting ink on paper or toner on paper. Let's not, <laughs> let not complicate at all. Um, you know, you've got to keep things simple and uh, and, that, and that's the way you've got to keep your life. You know, you've got to keep things, things simple and keep business simple and and try not to get too overcomplicated with it. Um, otherwise, you'll, you know, you won't see the forest through the trees. <laughs> Which is, and there's a lot of trees at AAB, as I mentioned earlier
0: in the introduction. 20,000 square meters, 2,500 customers, 2,000 SKUs. You've got a lot of trees. So keeping it simple, I guess, or keeping a hold of the vision is one of your main
1: jobs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and look, I think, you know, one of the things you've got to surround yourself with is good people, you know, and you, and you talk about education and, and those sorts of things. I've been, look, I've been very fortunate, you know, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but at the end of the day, you know, I've managed to learn a lot from the people I've worked with you know, working in working in the Hannan Group at, at general management level, you know, you learn a lot from very experienced operators. And, and, you know, moving into the smaller end of town, Pink Panther and those guys, they were smart operators. And and the, the people I work for today, you know, they're, they're smart business people. Yeah, I work with smart accountants. You know, you work with smart auditing firms or, um, you know, very good salespeople, you know, over the years. You, you learn a lot from those people you work with. Um, and I always say, you know, I've always learned something from the people I work with, you know. Uh, and you may not realise it; people may not realise it, but you are learning every every day of your life by who you're working with and 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 who you and who you're supporting. Or, um, you know, you, you get some people as well that are quite critical of what you do. And my my PA and my wife and and other people in the business, they're, they're quite open to tell me. Where where they think I'm wrong, <laughs> um, and, and and you know what you know when you think about it, sometimes in, when you're in management positions you do make decisions and you don't have all the answers, and you do have to be open to that criticism. And you and uh, as much as it may frustrate you from time to time that you you were wrong, <laughs> um, you, you, know, you, you still have to face up to it. And you go, yeah, well maybe I didn't have all everything right or all of it right, but at the end of the day, you, you do live and learn, you know, that old saying, you live and learn and you, you do learn off a lot of people you work with and and that's not only your directors or, or people, you learn off, you know, one of the things my father said was, you know, always make time to talk to salespeople, you know, you'll always learn something and, and it's so true. Um, you know, they're normally pretty full of gossip, a lot of them, but, you know, you put that aside, um, you put all that aside and you get down to the real facts. Salespeople... A lot of salespeople selling their equipment, selling the papers, selling whatever. They know their they know their stuff, you know. And you'll learn, and you will learn. You'll learn stuff from them. The, the same as sitting down with a lawyer or a, an auditor. Um, you know, going to sales courses. You know, I, I've sat at plenty of sales courses with people, and they walk out and they go, "Yeah, I know all that. I, I, I learned that years ago." Yeah, well, you do. Well, why don't the bloody hell you do it? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, like it's all a refresher. You know, they know it now because someone just reminded them of it, <laughs> you know. They don't use it every day. but And that's what I'm saying, you, you know, you live and learn and you learn a lot from these people um, and you're learning every day of the week, you know. Yeah, well, that's one of your approaches then, isn't it, to take in everyone around you from your
0: PA and your wife to your directors to your team members and, and uh, not come across
1: as the person who knows everything but seeing what they can all give to you. Yeah, exactly Right. You know, you've got to be open. You've got to, uh, you know, I've got a very um, open sort of format in the way I manage, and, you know, we, we're all open about things. And like I say, um, not everyone has all the answers, you know, or no single person has all the answers, you know. So, you know, you share things amongst the management team. And again, I've been fairly fortunate that in my management roles, I've worked with fairly diversified teams of people, you know, so you do bounce ideas off people. Um, and, and, you know, I'm very conscious of people that work um, for themselves and they own 100% of the business. And, you know, sometimes these people don't have anyone to talk to. You know, they don't have anyone to share their problems with. Um, you know, they don't really have anyone to share their successes with either sometimes, you know. Um, so that's, that's very challenging for some of these small business operators where everything is upon their shoulders, where, okay, I've, I'm running a, fairly medium-sized business and we've got a couple of hundred staff and there is some responsibility, but you also have some very good people around you sharing that responsibility and and helping you get through it. Now, you could say, yeah, the buck stops with me and like all CEOs, you've got to make some calls that not everyone agrees with. Um, but again, in my timeframe, I think we share that, we give our view of it and you generally get very good support from your management team of how and why you came up with that decision and everyone gets on board and they you know you're all rowing in the one direction you know so um that 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 helps for you Wayne is there someone is
0: there someone have you had a person like a mentor that you look to or is it more kind of organic than that and various people as you go along
1: oh look various people as i go along um you know i like i like reading books on on different entrepreneurs, and you know, people that have been in senior leadership roles, and those sorts of things. I'm I'm, I'm presently reading the um, Elon Musk book, um, which which I find very I find very interesting. Um, I'm not sure he's the role model you'd want to follow, but um, <laughs> I hope I don't get sued over that. But uh, look, he's certainly going to have more money than what I'll ever see in a lifetime. Um, so uh, you know, but again, very unique individual, very smart in in what, very driven. Um, but, you know, I've come across some of those people in our industry as well, and they've all got their attributes and they all share them and show them in a different way. Um, and I'm sure that the people you work with, you pick up little things along the way, you know, and it's just a matter of, uh, you know, t- taking them on board and, and working along that way and, and putting your own little sort of spin on some of these things. For sure. Um, well, AAB, as it became, so it's Pegasus Print originally 20 years
0: ago, I think, wasn't it? Then it became AAB in 2012. It's consistently grown under your leadership, which we can say certainly hasn't been the case for all print businesses. If you look back 20 years, the number of A1 printers in New South Wales and Australia was far more than it is today. Um, what would you say are the reasons for the growth over the years of
1: AAB, and how have you made your major leadership decisions played out? Uh, look, AAB is the holding company, um, and under the under that name, Pegasus and SOS and F&M and a few other, a few other trading divisions sit underneath that holding company. Um, so, we look, we've continued to sort of progress in, in investment as we see where the, where the industry is taking us. Um, you know, we did a number of investments in the early days, uh, and then we sat back and we, we had a food division, which we sold off back in 2012 and then uh, we, we sort of got on board again back a couple of years ago when we bought, acquired SOS, I think you've sort of got to look at whether the, the timing's right, the fit to the business, the culture, all those sorts of things, um, you know, and, and also the affordability of it, Wayne. You know, it, it's a big big undertaking to to buy businesses and take over more staff and, and leases and liabilities and um, – you know, being a privately owned business with two two owners, you know, we fund most things ourselves. So, you know, that's the way we manage our business and we try and keep our debt at a very low level, um, which I think is something we need to do in this industry. I, I don't believe in the printing industry. Anyone I've seen in the past that has a high debt level tends to sort of run into trouble and, and that's just my personal view. Um, I've seen other businesses with high debt levels that are very good businesses, Make very good money. Um, it's just not the, the model that our our owners like to undertake. Uh, so, you know, we've we've moved forward. We're looking at other acquisitions as we speak um, at that that are the right fit, and, and and even some of these things are a little bit outside of the print space um, that we think can add value to our clients and 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 help with our growth. You know, and that's apart from capital investment as well. Because you've made non-print,
0: you're in non-print ventures, F&M supplies and then the warehouse logistics. Um, how How do you evaluate opportunity and what makes you say yes to one? Because as you say, it's a private business. The money's coming out of their own pockets. It's a big decision to invest in a new business, buy an acquisition. What makes you say yes? Yeah, very good
1: question. And sometimes it's damn hard to say yes. Um, you know, we've, we've said plenty of no's, so we're probably getting closer to a yes. Um, but look, one of those things is that, uh, look, we you, with all businesses, you're buying on futures. You're not really buying in the past. So, But the history will tell you something about the business. We, we try and look for businesses um, that have some structure. You know, and when I say structure, that when the owner – Moves on, or or wants to retire out of the business, or whatever. Sometimes the owner's quite happy to stay on him within the business, which we're, we're fine with as well. Um, but we're sort of looking at business, and saying, well, what does it bring to our group? What what does it do for our 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 offering, uh, and and those sorts of things? And and what's our capital investment likely to be? Uh, and if we were buy if we acquire or buy some of these businesses. Uh, do we have to make some capital investment because we've now bought a business with that in, with that capital, you know, or with that specific pieces of equipment? Similar to the the ultra press and high tech businesses we bought uh, a year and a half ago, they were all vertically integrated type businesses that that fit very well under AAB Holdings and uh, brought significant value to us in terms of either speed to market that we operate in or. Even the expertise of the staff—you know—all of those staff that we brought on board all brought something that we did not have within our, our business at that point in time. So, you know, you you look at not just only equipment or the financials; you're also looking at the human element. And uh, you know, in a lot of acquisitions, you are investing in the in the in the personnel that you take on board. Well, emerging
0: merging businesses is very easy to get wrong culturally integrating two sets of humans. Together, we have seen that in many instances over the years. What's your approach to bringing those two groups of people together, or integrating one group into the other?
1: Uh, <laughs> as we know, um, look, managing people is a is a challenge from time to time. But but generally, uh, I think that's what I mentioned earlier about the culture. You know, you really have to have a look at the cultural fit. Uh, generally, we we don't tend to acquire a business and merge it in straight away. We tend to leave it as a standalone, and and that's uh, that's also on the basis that we're we're purchasing a business that's not uh, in financial financial stress. Um, so we we tend to look at that, and then we'll also look at the cultural fit of the people and advise them whether we are consolidating them. Uh, and that's normally one of the questions that come up when you go through an acquisition. Are you going to move me? Because it's sometimes that's in a considerable distance to some of the people or where they live, which is a which is a major concern. Uh, and I understand that. So you know you look at all these sorts of things. And look, when you when you move to consolidating people and companies, you tend to look at the people, and you say, will they be a fit? And unfortunately, sometimes they don't fit, um, and 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 you have to make that call. Other other times you you fight hard to bring people that you think will be a good fit or a good good asset to the business, and and in the past we've managed to do that. Um, and 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 some people you won't save along the way purely because they don't want to travel an extra thirty or forty kilometres, and I, and we understand that. Uh, but you you've got to sort of say, well, what's best for the business? What's best for the ongoing viability of the business and the people? And that's after all that's why you've acquired them. To, to continue to grow and continue to deliver profits.
0: I guess uh, letting people go, as it's euphemistically called, is one of the more difficult tasks of the CEO. Um, is that something, I mean, how do you approach that? You, is it, uh, are you in fear and trepidation when you invite them into your office
1: or do you just think, no, it's just part of my job. I'll speak clearly and get, get through it. Look, I think every every company has to go or face through that process at some point in time, and, and, and through COVID, I think everyone has to look at it. It's certainly a um, probably one of the most difficult decisions you'll make in in being a manager. Um, we certainly don't take it lightly, uh, and we will try and save people or move people within the business as best we can. Um, but I, I don't think there's anything worse that you could offer anyone um, you know, and it offers the wrong word, but uh, offer someone redundancy, or or put a redundancy forward to a some a person is probably one of the worst things you could ever imagine in life, because you know I've worked I've worked through the you know the the years of seventeen percent interest rates, and I've I've got kids that are working with mortgages and all those sorts of things, and I think the last thing in in anyone's life is that you you deliver them news where they come to work and they go home without a job that night. And I don't think there's anything more difficult in running a business uh, than doing so. And uh, you cannot take it lightly. I I can't think of anything worse. If someone would have terminated me when I've had three kids and a mortgage, um, I would have gone home. I I don't know what I would have done, to be honest, Wayne. I I would have been devastated. And, And you can't, no matter how much management training you have and how much experience you've got, I don't think anyone looks at, Doing that, um, there, there's no pleasant way of doing it. There's no, you know, there's just no way of being able to manage that in a in a very um, sympathetic way because you can't put yourself in that person's shoes. And you know, whenever we've gone through that process, we've normally offered voluntary redundancy first, um, and and that has worked for us to a certain extent. That has worked for us uh, because. Everyone's got their own set of circumstances, you know. They've been offered a job with their brother or their, or whatever and the, the opportunity comes up where they can get a bit of a handout and and they, they go and work with their brother or their sister or uncle or or whatever um, and that works well for them and it works well for the company. Um, but that is probably, you know, one of the most difficult things I think any manager or owner uh, has to face in their life, you know, of, of terminating people and... Whenever we have to go through it, and, and every company has to go through it from time to time, uh, you certainly don't take it lightly, and it's certainly not a pleasant thing to have to do. But as you said, yes, it is part of the job, and you, and as I say, look, it's time to get rid of ten, or if you don't make that decision, you might have to talk to twenty, you know, and if you don't make it soon enough, you'll be talking to forty. So you know, you've got to bite the bullet and 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 say, look, this is the time to make change, and and you, and you get on with it and uh, but in in actual fact of going through the whole process yeah a damn difficult thing to do in any 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 business all right well no, thanks for sharing that Wayne that's been that's been really uh, insightful
0: and um, let's move on in terms of the values what values would you say you've used to underpin your leadership and decision making is is there a matrix you tend to go through when you make a
1: major decision ah uh, look not um not not really like we a major decision we sort of work through a systematic process of you know capital or or we have a we have a fairly stringent sort of guidelines of what what targets we need to meet out of an investment or or those sorts of things but i think in terms of um you know managing and and treating people and all that I, i work on the basis of you know don't ask someone to do something you wouldn't do yourself you know um and that's a very simple way of doing it and and treat people the way you want to be treated you know we don't um you know, in the business I, I I look after here, you know, everyone's treated with respect, and and I think you've got to respect people, and 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 sure, you know, people have arguments here and there, and they get a little bit uptight and a bit frustrated, and that uh, unfortunately that's the, that's the business we're in sometimes, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you you know, you calm them down, and you know, pick them up, and dust them off, and <laughs> get we get on with life, you know, um, and they come back happier tomorrow, you know, but that's uh, that, I think that's the the main thing we, we we really push with our people, you know, be respectful and be courteous. Manners are free, you know. So make sure that we, um, you know, regardless of what the occasion is, everyone's acting in their best interests. But but let's just get all our priorities right and make sure that, you know, everyone's everyone's going home in a in a nice pleasant manner so they come back and happy happily tomorrow, you know. Work twice as hard tomorrow. <laughs> as you uh, yeah. as you go on your leadership journey,
0: Wayne, for, for the last two or three decades, um, is is there is your own personal development planned as you go along? Do you have staging posts, milestones, or is it kind of more organic than that, and it just kind of happens? And then at a certain points, someone might tap you on the shoulder, and or
1: it could be your wife, could be one of your directors, say, Wayne, have you thought about this? Or you know, how do you how do you approach your own journey there? Uh, look, I I think I probably um. I've probably peaked, to be honest, Wayne. I think that that journey's probably over. Um, You know, it's all I've 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 gone up the hill, and now it's all going to be downhill. uh, You know, I'm I'm over sixty now, so I'm on the downhill run. You know, Um, but but uh, look, I I suppose look for me. uh, You know, I've sat on boards and I've sat on committees, and I've, you know, I'm, I'm CEO here, and this this ties up a fair bit of my life. From, you know seven in the morning to seven at night, um, and that's a good day, <laughs> you, know? Um, you know. But, look, fortunately, we're, we're pretty well structured and we don't get bothered too much on the weekends. We, we try and keep everybody in, in management and, and our staff to say, you know, the weekend's the time to sort of unwind and relax and and those sort of things. But in, in terms of development, I, I think, like, like I said earlier, you know, I think you're always um, reading and you're always, you know, re- you, you know, you're looking at different things or reading things on LinkedIn or or trade magazines or or personal people's profiles or or how they've invested on, and 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 I I always get intrigued by the autobiographies and those sort of things. You know, you you really um you know see where people's mistakes are and what where they've where they've made a mistake and you know. Um, you know, one of the people that I really like listening to is uh, old Kerry Packer, you know, like, um, you know, he really told it the way it was, you know? <laughs> you know, he didn't mix his words and, you know, and whether you like what he said or not, he really told you what you needed to hear, <laughs> you know, um, which, which is sometimes, you know, that, that's the way I say it as well. I say, look, you know, tell people what they need to hear uh, rather than what they want to hear because... Normally, when you tell them what they want to hear, that just means you're going to have to come back and tell them sooner or later what they needed to hear. <laughs> you know? So just have one conversation instead of two. <laughs> you know? Shortcut the process, for God's sake. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Get on with life. Otherwise, you're just going to be wasting people's time. You know. But, uh, yeah, look, I think it's always nice. I, I like reading about other people's adventures and, and seeing their success stories. And I think, again, it's one of those learning processes Um and again, you know, working with uh, you know, I've got two directors who are a little bit older than me, um, and, and entrepreneurs in their own way. So, you know, them sharing stories with with me about what they've done over the years, good and bad, um, successful or unsuccessful, <laughs> uh, you know, they've always been very good to um you always learn again. And and some of those things are not in our industry, you know. Um, but the but basic business principles are basic business principles, you know. With
0: um, 275 staff that you have at uh, at the company, which is one of the larger print businesses, that translates to 275 mortgages. Uh, There's a lot of responsibility on the shoulders of the CEO. Um, How do you kind of deal with that on a day to day basis or a weekly basis? Or is it just something that you don't kind of take on board so much?
1: I think a lot of times you grow into these sort of roles, you know. So I think at one stage we had 450 or 500 or something, you know. when we when we had the food division, so that was that was a lot, uh, you know 200, 270 odd so, say that, that's that's a fair bit. Um, and again, I, I think Wayne, look, you don't take it lightly, and and it's one of the things that I drive home to our management team um, when business gets tough and 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 times you know get tougher than than, than the norm. And you say, listen, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed here. You know, there's people here with mortgages. They're they're the sole income sometimes. They you know they've got to take home and put food on the table and you don't know, put clothes on their kids' backs and, you know, you can't underestimate that and, you know, you, you've got to say, well, you really got to focus on and, and drive those sales because if you don't have sales, you don't have a business. Um, so there's a responsibility from everyone in the business, you know, not only management, not only me, but salespeople to deliver, operational people to deliver, you know, our, our dispatch people to deliver. You know, all everyone's got a got a link in the chain to play, you know. You can do a great job, but if you don't deliver it, or you stuff it up at the end. Well, the customer's only the only thing he thinks about is you didn't deliver. You know, um, doesn't matter how how great a job everyone else has done. So everyone's got a part to play in the process, and you know you can't say whether it's, it's based around what they get paid a year. Everyone's got a very important part to play in the chain, and 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 that's got to be that's got to be appreciated, and and it's got to be understood that regardless of your pay rate. You you've got a job to do, and and everyone's got to do it to their best of their ability. So, you know, um, I, I I just think that you know that's where you got to treat people equally, and you got to understand that that's what they do. And and uh, you know, i everyone in in management. Well, I, I've been out there. I've driven a delivery van. I've dropped jobs off. You know, that's that's the way it is. You know, so that you know, regardless of how many people you've got, it is a it is a big responsibility and looking at that payroll every week, yeah, it's yeah, a bit daunting <laughs> you know, from time to time. Um, but, you know, that's that's where everyone's got to play their part, you know. Salespeople have got to keep selling to make sure that we, we pay everyone in the process line, you know. So, that's, that's the way it is, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know… I don't lose sleep. I, I used to drink a bit more red and white wine than what I drink today, um, you know. Uh, but I've always I've always been pretty good on that sort of stuff. I, I look after myself health-wise and, you know, I'm not too, um, you know, I, I, I don't have to go home and get that bottle of red wine opened up as soon as I walk through the door or something like that, you know. Um, I, don't, I don't go to the bottle of scotch every night, um, you know. But uh, you know, I think it's—I think what you said—it's getting that work-life balance pretty well right, um, and, and not working yourself into a hole. You know, I—I I enjoy work, um, and I think just about everyone that works for us enjoys work. Uh, it, you know, you could say it's a necessary evil, but at the end of the day, you know, we enjoy it. And I, I think as long as you, you spend too much time at work not to enjoy it, you know, and that's what I say to people. You know, if you don't enjoy the job or where you work, change it because it's going to affect you, um, in in a health wise or physically or your personal life sooner or later. You know, so enjoy what you do, enjoy your enjoy your work, and then you'll um, you'll be a much happier per- person. You know, and I believe if you hang around happy people, you become happy. You know. Hang around moody people, we become moody. So I try and hang around happy people. (laughs) Strategy. (laughs) Um, As you
0: you mentioned, leadership can take a toll, Uh, and you've alluded to the fact you look after yourself. I mean, how do you achieve some balance in your life, Wayne? Are you able to relax at weekends, Uh, and how
1: do you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I I couldn't keep the hair on my head, Wayne, but that went long ago, Um, and I think that's in my genes more than anything else because my father didn't have any hair either. Um, so, but uh, no, look, look, I look after a pretty decent work-life balance. I'm, I'm no different to a lot of people in my position. You, you have some long days, you know, you you do what's required certain nights of the week and that sort of stuff if you have to. But generally, generally speaking, you know, my day sort of runs from 6.30 in the morning to around about seven o'clock, you know, um, I have a pretty relaxed sort of night, most nights and then the weekends of myself, uh, I go and play golf. You know, that can be a little bit frustrating from time to time. I'm not sure that's a relaxant, <laughs> you know. Um, if, you know, if the West Tigers were performing better, I, I normally, I, I used to say, well, if the West Tigers win and I have a good round of golf, it's a damn good weekend, you know. But... Um, You know, the way the West Tigers are playing and the way my golf game's going, um, I probably go back to work Monday more depressed than when I started. But, um, you know, but all all said and done, look, I I think you try and relax and uh, I I tend to play golf on Saturday morning and, you know, go out for dinner with my wife or some some friends and, you know, I see the kids and the grandkids and that on the weekend and, uh, you know, again, you know, sometimes that's frustrating, <laughs> you know, but um, but at the end of the day, you know, they're all good fun and they, they have their moments um, and, and, you, and you get on with life. But th- I think that's that's part of having the work-life balance, you know. You've got to get out there and go for a good walk or ride the bike or play golf and just mix up with some friends and, you know, just try and not take it too seriously, you know, because Monday to Friday tends to be a, a little bit more serious. We like to have a laugh, We you know, we like to have a few laughs in the office and chats and, You know, and I think that's where you got to keep it. You know, pretty open and friendly, and everyone's got a job to do. Everyone knows what they got to do. So, um, you know, we all wish everyone a good weekend when they go off, and you know, hope to see them back on Monday. You know, it's good to hear that you do that, Wayne. Um, you final
0: final question. Um, you uh, you alluded to the fact earlier that you're in in the second half of your life. Um, yeah. Been in, yeah. Been in print, the over 50s, print, been in print leadership a long time. What would you say would be the main lessons you've learned in print leadership, and what would you pass on to the younger generation of emerging print leaders?
1: Oh, geez, that's a good question. Um... Look, I, I think. Uh, look, I don't think print is dead. It's certainly gone through a change over the last, you know. Look, it's always changed. Like I started off as a compositor. Like no one even knows what a damn compositor was, you know. Um, you know, and that's just life. You know, it's just the evolution of change. So, you know, all these sort of things have changed, and I think you've got to accept change. I think, especially in our industry, um, or any industry, you've got to accept change. And what do they tell you today? The the job's around in 20 years. You haven't even thought of what they'd be yet, you know. Um, well, I won't have to worry about that job by then, I hope. You know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think you've got to be willing to accept change and you've got to move with the times and and, and stay informed of the times and and do plenty of reading and un- understanding where the industry is going. If you want to stay in the industry, if you don't want to stay in the industry, make that change. You know, educate yourself. Get well-informed. Um. And, and, you know, you know, you can't make good decisions out of bad information, you know, and that's the same as whether it's in your personal life or or your business life. You, if you want to pursue something different, make sure you do your research, do your studies, get well-informed, understand what you're getting into, and, and that's the same with business. You know, before you take on a leadership role or before you take on an ownership of something, understand that it's not going to be a bed of roses. It's not going to be going out for, you know, drinks every lunchtime and, and having a nice lifestyle and buying that big boat and that nice car and all that sort of stuff. They're, they're, you know, that's the, you can count those people on one out of a hundred, you know. Um, the, the the other 99 have probably failed. You just never heard of. But, you know, it's not all, all, all what it's cooked up to be. Sure, you have some great times, but it's what you make of it also, you know. You've got to sort of just go into some of these things with open eyes. And you asked earlier about, you know, buying businesses and buying capital equipment and all that. You know, it's a big decision to go and borrow a million dollars or two million dollars. And, you know, you look at some of these businesses and they're buying 25 and 35 million dollar machines. It's a massive investment. Sure, it's a different size business, but it's all relative. You know, it's all relative in the scheme of things. So, you know, it is a big decision, and, and it's just like buying a house. Buying a house these days and taking on a big mortgage is a big decision. you know. So you've got to understand how you're going to feed it, how you're going to pay it back, and it's the same thing with equipment we buy. You know, You look at it and you say, well, if I'm going to buy that million-dollar equipment, I'm paying it off for the next five years, the next 60 months. Sometimes in this industry, you don't know what's going on in the next six months, let alone the next 60, you know. So, you know, these are the challenges, you know. This is what people have to understand um, about what they're investing in and and really go in there with open eyes so that you don't overinvest, you don't overcapitalise, and and you do get a very good understanding of what you're moving into. And, And management is exactly the same. If you think you're going to move in and manage 20 people or 30 people you know, and it's all going to be easy. Well, it's not because every every individual you work with, to a certain extent, they've got their own agendas, you know, and, and and they've got their own personal lives and they've got their own things they need to look look forward or they want to buy a bigger house or they want to buy a new car or, you know, they want to have a family or, or those. So they want to also know where their income's coming from and, and what's in it for them. You know, will they be trained on more equipment? Will they be, you know, understand? uh, You know, where else are they going to work in the business to to grow their own personal lives or grow their own income? So, you know, I think no matter what you do, you in life, you really got to go in there with open eyes rather than saying, "Oh, that that job's going to pay forty thousand dollars more than I'm on today." Well, guess what? You could have forty thousand more problems come with it. So, (laughs) you know, so um, you know, and, and look, there's. You know, there's, there's been plenty of times in my life over the years where you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and and you, and you lay there thinking things. And, and I can be honest, Wayne, like some of the best solutions I've had come to me at three o'clock in the morning. You know, and, and you go you go off to sleep, but when you turn up to the office, you you, you failed to pick up one or two of those points, which turned your great idea at three o'clock into absolute crap by eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, so you know, you sort of just got to look at those sort of things and. And understand that um, you know you do have sleepless nights, not not totally sleepless nights. Not me. I, I'm a, I'm a very good sleeper. I'm probably one of the lucky ones. I can sleep pretty well anyway, you know. But you do have your moments in in business, like everything. Um, and and, and whether you're a small business owner or, or a large business owner or, or manager, you know, you all have your times in in any job. It doesn't matter what role you do, where you have uh, you have your you have your moments that you could probably do things a little bit different and say, maybe I should have said that or I shouldn't have said that. Um, you know, we don't have all the answers. So, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of things in, in management that you can learn, and I think the more people you talk to, the more people you listen to, um, the, the, there's plenty of managers you work with, um, not everyone you agree with, but you'll always learn something. You'll always learn something from them. It might even be learn what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's you're sure always learning something useful. Learn That's very useful.
0: <laughs> exactly right. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: All right. Well, Wayne Pinkeldy, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been a really honest and open and engaging discussion, as you shed insight and light onto some really interesting areas. Um, so thanks for that. Uh, thanks everyone for listening for this episode of the Print Files brought to you by Print Twenty One. This is me, Wayne Robinson, signing off. Thank you very much, Wayne. Thank you. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast's audio, please contact Print 21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.